0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Happy Memorial Day. Being... it, I know English and language. I speak for a living. Uh, Being... No, how would I say that? Since it is Memorial Day, being as though it's Memorial Day. uh, Anyway, since it's a vacation day, it's going to be real short, but I did an awesome interview on another podcast over the weekend called The Harbor, Uh, the host's... Jeff and Josh were really cool guys, and they had reached out to me um, because they were doing an episode on DMT, Joe Rogan's favorite thing, and uh, psychedelics in general, so I had a really cool talk with them, Uh, so cool in fact that I thought it'd be great for y'all to hear it, and also to give a shout out to those guys and other podcasts, man, go give them a like, a subscribe, a listen um they're very cool guys and i very much enjoyed the conversation i think you will too so that once again that is the harbor podcast and we um some shows we got coming up we got brad coming back on to talk about what's going on with his life he's doing really well um which is really awesome so i'll let him share most of that with you and i've been chasing down this guy who uh Specializes in technology and video game addiction. So that one I'm really stoked about because I feel like I'm addicted to my phone and he's going to really convict me. So that'll be great. Um, I'm still sick. If you can probably hear, this is taking forever to get better. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, check out our store, Frontier, storefrontier.com, backslash church and other drugs, our Patreon, patreon.com, slash church and other drugs, and continue sending me those emails, church other drugs at gmail.com. And people, I always forget to mention, so uh, if you like the music on the show, um, A, thank you because it's my personal taste, and that's like one of my most favorite things to do about this show. But I started a Spotify playlist, so you should just be able to find it from Church & Other Drugs, Church & Other Drugs. If you're having trouble finding it, um, please email me, like uh, this other guy just did, and I'll make sure and get that to you. But if you enjoy the music, that's where you can find it. Enjoy the interview, people.
1: Welcome to the harbor, my friends. Uh, if you're new here, welcome for the first time and if you're a long time or maybe a, a recent listener then welcome back uh, Josh and I are super excited for today's episode. We've got uh, a new a new friend of mine I don't know how long you guys have been in contact this is the most personal contact we've been in oh, okay, so, perfect. so we'll so say new we'll say new friend, just we'll say new friend Mr jed
2: <laughs>
1: jed, welcome to the to the harbor
0: hey how y'all doing?
1: Fantastic, man. I'm great.
3: And How
0: are, are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm tired. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, I really can't complain, though.
1: Perfect. That's good.
3: Why don't Why don't you tell our listeners who you are and, and your stuff and all of that?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, my name's Jed. I run a podcast called Church and Other Drugs. I am a addict in recovery i've been sober since september 23rd 2014 uh I work. thank you <laughs> i work as a uh, addictions counselor at an adolescent residential treatment facility um yeah i've been a christian all my life i would say and yeah i love drugs also you know, so I'm uh as I'm a, I'm very much a chemical hobbyist, uh, for sure. So just because I'm sober I haven't lost my uh appreciation or, or fascination with chemicals, it's an interesting subject for me. I'm kind of a drug nerd.
1: That is very interesting. It's a unique combo, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the podcast, Church and Other Drugs. Uh I mean I have an idea, but where did that name come from? How did you start that?
0: So yeah, it's funny, nobody ever asked me that. Uh so I shamelessly cribbed it from Love and Other Drugs, that movie with Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Yes. Yes. Uh no, I guess not a lot of people have seen it though. But um the uh the other working title was Go Home Church, You're Drunk, which I thought was good, but it was a little long. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically just it was it fits the perfect idea of me and my um my co host back then. We were both Christians and we were both uh, alcoholics and addicts. And so we were at this weird little crossroads where um, Christianity and addiction and recovery and all that stuff kind of met. So we just decided to start our own show about it. Um, And so we kind of split our time between talking about uh, like kind of fringe Christianity, theological stuff, uh, other religions, and then. Um, having people, uh, either that are still using drugs or recovered or have family members and just kind of tell stories and, um, all in a very irreverent, humorous format. But, uh, yeah. So
1: being a recovering addict, what, I mean, what is your view towards drugs in general? I mean, what's the big
0: view? Drugs? Love them. Love them. That's so (laughs) interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, I think... Hmm. That's a good question. What If I had to sum up my view on them, I would say, yeah, they are an incredibly interesting part of the human experience and Mm -hmm. human history and our future. Um, I think... You know, because when you talk about drugs, we're talking about everything from Tylenol to crack. You know, so it's. Uh, I always think about what, you know, going back to Genesis that everything, uh, you know, everything in creation is good, and then you got Paul saying everything is everything is uh, or Paul or Peter, one of those one of those Ps talking about uh, <laughs> everything is permissible or whatever. It's I always think about like you know, I could see. God's original plan with some of these um, plants, and I can also see how, then being in a fallen world with fallen bodies, we have taken them to much too far extremes. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely have an appreciation for them. I definitely um, have had incredible experiences on them. I think for people that don't have the de- disease of addiction, you know, it's a they can be. Wonderful tools they can also be uh complete life ruiners sure so it's a it's it's a it's a pretty interesting spectrum of classifications i guess of what what they can be um so I guess I'll just sum it up as interesting I think they're interesting
1: yeah, I think i'd agree with you there uh, I was wondering if you if you're comfortable talking about it, maybe talk a little bit about your history with drugs and then what led to. I don't know if it would be considered rock bottom or or, or your recovery and where you're at now.
0: So it's going to be a, a shorter answer to a short answer to a long, a very long story. Okay. Um, I started really becoming, I mean, I grew up terrified of, of drugs and alcohol because that was just not what a good Christian does. Um there wasn't any I didn't with my family in South Carolina there wasn't any drinking at reunions you know it wasn't part of our family's culture so I didn't grow up around it uh if it did happen it, you know you didn't talk about it um
1: so Baptist I'm I'm just Well it was, was Presbyterian <laughs> but
0: it's like everything there is bad You know what I'm saying it was like a Baptist tinged uh a Presbyterian sure. <laughs> Um And then it wasn't until, and then, you know, early on, like I tried weed, I drank a little bit, and none of those really impressed me um, or had like a huge impact on me until I took uh, cough medicine, uh, dextromethorphan, which is the ingredient in cough medicine that gets you high, and I had a hallucinogenic experience in 10th grade, and that was really what um, just blew my mind and let me know what was possible there. And that's that's really what I pinpoint is when I fell in love with it. And, you know, back in my emo high school days, I idolized, uh, you know, bands like Bright Eyes and Cursive and Modest Mouse. And um, I just got I really fell into the drug culture Um, and that, that kind of became my identity. So at first I was very much just playing around with it and I thought it was cool and it was something rebellious to do. Um, and then as my friends started backing off, I just kept going forward. And that's kind of when I realized that I was an addict and shortly moved to things like cocaine and heroin by the time I was 17. And wow. really from there, it was just, I mean, I, I've literally made a whole podcast about it cause it's just a, just decade of treatment centers, prison, um, overdoses, hospital stays, uh just hitting rock bottom over and over and over and over and over again and just never really being able to get it um until, you know, 5 years ago it was just my life had just gotten to a point where, you know, just being homeless um begging for money by the interstate uh just to get enough to get high and then just repeating the cycle And I was just completely miserable. And I, you know, I don't even really remember. Oh, that yeah, I was was still on probation, so I couldn't even really. I don't remember going to my last rehab center. Um, I do remember because I don't know why I even had the motivation to try to get sober. But um, I was just out of options and I was still on probation. And I was like, well, I guess I'll give it one more try. And I had some pretty uh, intense spiritual experiences in that rehab center. And that's when I really just kind of, um, decided to do the work. Uh, you know, I got sober in the 12 step programs, AA and NA. And, uh, yeah, that was really kind of what started my journey. And then I really, for the first time in my adult life, I guess I took my faith seriously and actually started, you know, reading books and doing more than just saying I was a Christian. You know what I mean? Like actually like diving in and like wrestling with it and figuring out what I believed and all that.
3: That's good stuff. Was the, um, and I'm speaking a little bit from ignorance cause I don't know a lot about these types of things, but, um, when you were in that rehab center, was there emphasis around spirituality or is it just more creating an environment where you had these experiences?
0: no that that was definitely an emphasis on spirituality um what happened was um i had a my then wife you know we're, we're married now but at the time she was my girlfriend and she dumped me while i was in treatment and i had this like everything was going great like it usually does like i was 90 days clean and like you know or getting clean early on like everything's great because everything was so terrible just 90 days ago that even just having three meals a day seems awesome. So like everything was great and then my girlfriend dumped me and um I had a meltdown and I was like seconds away from leaving the treatment center to go get high again and I was just kind of given this um you know they call it a moment of clarity where I like had this it was just like I was at a crossroads and instead of leaving I just went in my room and just you know had a good desperate prayer session with God and it was kind of that moment just like I don't know I guess I kind of compared to being like born again it was just like I was given a really powerful spiritual experience that was enough to just let me know that like that I could be sober and I I don't know it's it's kind of hard to put into words but it was basically God showed up when I needed to and he showed up in like a really big way and that was enough to carry me through those you know that first year of sobriety which is the hardest
1: were you so you were sober at that moment right would you consider a mystical experience
0: yeah I would say so at the if you would have you know of course that's the crappy thing about time is, you know, if you would have asked me then, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, um, you know, I had like, uh, it, it seemed like back then, you know, maybe that's what the, the Bible talks about when it says like he, that God's near the brokenhearted and all that. It seems like back then I was like, I could hear and understand God's voice a lot better, but... You know yeah i would i mean i had like it was weird i had um a vision of you know in my mind of course of um my girlfriend at the time in a wedding dress and i just heard god say she'll come back i don't know and i was like okay yeah i mean i kind of you know it was one of those and of course i'm not the type i mean i was like did i say that like was that me thinking that or was it and it was just one of those i just knew that i knew that i knew that like no that was that was kind of given to me mm-hmm. um yeah and i had i got a few of those early on um for sure of of just moments where i needed god to it was it was very much like okay god if if you want me to get sober like you're going to have to do this cuz i can't um, and he just did, I mean, at first very much. So, uh, it was a lot of hand holding.
2: Wow.
3: Do you still experience those types of mystical moments or, or things like that, the further down the sobriety path you get?
0: Uh, this past year, no, man, not at all. And it has been like a straight desert spiritually. And it's been really, really tough. Um, yeah, that's really but what I've been wrestling with this, this last year is just God's been really silent as far as mystical experiences go in my life, and it's been really frustrating and really hard, and it's been a lot of working on faith, and I guess I mean the only real less you know, the only thing I can think of is that you know it's you know the whole milk versus solid food thing like i guess he knew what i needed back then but now it's time to actually you know do i trust him without these um mystical experiences and i i think because i have this personality that loves drugs and real visceral feelings like almost like a you know the spiritual highs and stuff it's you know, that's the kind of stuff I crave from God then I and I don't think that's just how he works all the time. Sure. Um and I'm 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 assuming that's what I'm being led to be taught this season, if you will. Right. Um Yeah, but no, man. I I wish. <laughs> I've been praying for him. Yeah. Um Do Me you,
2: too. Me too. Uh,
1: yeah. And that's I think that's I mean that kind of leads us into Probably where I'm at right now, spiritually speaking, is definitely seeking, you know, and I've been... I, I listen to a lot of Ram Dass, um, Alan Watts, uh, what's the, uh, the other guy, darn it, shoot, I hate when I draw a blank. Um, but anyways, a lot of thinkers, and a lot of them talk a lot about psychedelics, and you know, these trips that can really be spiritually or spiritual awakenings, I guess. Um, and it, man, that, that sounds very, I don't, tempting is not the right word. Uh, appealing. Maybe I'll say it, it sounds appealing. Yeah. Uh, so tempting de- I mean, and
0: appealing for sure.
1: Do you, so in this season that you're talking about, I mean, does that, uh, I,
0: I don't want to. Do I? Does that same thing apply to me? Yeah, like, do I, mean, I have? To? Do you have like sure. temptations
1: for that? You know. Sure. I, I, yeah. I imagine that's tougher going. Well, maybe not tougher. I mean, since you've had experience going through recovery, and you kind of worked the steps, and I mean, just from our short time already, I can tell that you have a really solid head on your shoulders. You know. So. Mm-hmm. But of course, temptation creeps into every one of us. So maybe that's a really long drawn out way of getting to the
0: question of like, how do you deal with that? Um, I just seek counsel on it, I guess is, is the way I deal with it. And I think, I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know, like for right now, I know it's not for me. Um, you know years from now who knows probably still not i don't know i guess i have to i have to run it by a few questions with myself of like what's what's the purpose like what am i trying to do and if if the purpose is to achieve a certain goal then why wasn't that goal achieved the dozens and dozens of times that i did it beforehand you know okay i think Grant and you know i can i can rationalize everything you know like if you know i've never been at this point in my life i was a teenager back then or i was a young adult back then and there's a lot of other stuff going on um i also know the danger that my last few psychedelic experiences were not pleasant um they they did not take me to anywhere good um my inside became a very, very dark and scary place. And if I, you know, that monster is always in me, and if I indulge it too much, I could see myself going way too far in the other direction. Sure. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of a risk reward sort of thing. It's like the potential risk is pretty high <laughs> for a lot of things that could happen, and the reward is pretty unknown. Um, and honestly, I'm still kind of deconstructing, if you will, my views on psychedelics and, and, and how they fit in with Christianity and how they fit in with spirituality. And yeah, like I was, you know, there was a time in my life when I was very adamant that, um, you know, everyone needed to do it at least once. It was a a thing that, you know only had positives but um i don't know i haven't even landed on um i've really been rethinking that whole that whole concept the last few years and i haven't i haven't landed anywhere yet you know there's a huge movement i guess i guess you could really pin it on joe rogan uh you know there's that huge resurgence of interest in psychedelics and um and there's, like, weird blendings of spiritualities and religions and um, shamanism and stuff. And, like, I don't know. Some of it, there's still a part of me that's just like, Ugh, I don't know, danger, yeah. sketchy, you know. Because um, I also very, very much respect the power of it and the experience. And, I mean, there have been... You know, I've had hallucinogenic experiences with people that afterwards I loathed. Like it was like one of my best friends and afterwards I hated them. Um Based and that's
3: that, the experience?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I thought that like my eyes were open to what they actually were and their actual motivations and all sorts of stuff. And like that stuck for huh. for a good long time. <laughs> So it's like you know, what if I you know, what if I do this and decide, you know, make some rash decision based on this experience that might not really be as real as I think it is? That makes sense.
1: <laughs> That's funny. So
0: are are you completely you've never done any hallucinogen whatsoever, psych, uh, any psychedelics? No, my experience is limited to
1: alcohol and weed, which I still enjoy both of. Although, I just battled a, a case of gout in my left foot, and that was brought on by drinking too much. <laughs> oh, no. And that's that's pretty excruciatingly painful. I don't recommend
0: it. <laughs> well, and weed nowadays is pretty pretty psychedelic, I would say. It ain't the grass of yesterday. Sure, you yeah. know what that's I mean? A, yeah. It's It's some potent stuff. Um, so what's your, what's your interest in it?
1: Uh, well, like you brought up Joe Rogan, I watch or listen to a lot of Joe Rogan experience and, uh, lately the thing that has like piqued my interest more than, I mean, I've always thought like, Oh, psilocybin sounds cool or, you know, LSD or maybe not even LSD as much as mushrooms just because, you know, I'm maybe it's just coming from that christian background you know like oh well that's natural it grows so it can't be bad right because it grows on the ground but uh recently listening to a few episodes on dmt just has me i mean it really piqued my interest and then reading more about it and i'm i'm reading the the spirit molecule right now um which so far is really good it's a good book uh but man, like the thing that fascinates me, and and if you have personal experiences, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like nearly all of these people that have ex- had these DMT trips, when they have a breakthrough, they come back and it's almost the same for everybody. Whereas it seems like any other kind of psychedelic trip, you know, they, it's wildly different, and they have this different experience based on where they were, what they were thinking yada yada but man the d m t thing i'm just fascinated right now by it
0: <laughs> yeah no it is it is fascinating and like i love the uh so the the classic the classic argument of well yeah it's natural uh i i will i will uh offer that so is so is l s d right that's just a uh mold, what was it, on um, ergot uh, and rye um, and so is cocaine, so is heroin, so is alcohol, so is, <laughs> so is so ar- is arsenic you know, yeah. so is but yeah, so you know, all of our, pretty basically all of our uh, all of our drugs at one point come from something natural uh, but yeah, you know, DMT is an interesting one I, I had a guy on too, I guess I should have referred to the episode This guy, the Reverend Danny Nemu, and he is convinced that the Old Testament is just chock full of examples of uh, people using DMT, and his whole thing was, like, the ointment in the old temple was, like, had cannabis in it, and he just, like, went through all this that, you know, uh, that basically it's, like, all these ancient cultures have been doing it, and the same with... um. You know, you've got the people that think Christianity was founded on like a mushroom cult and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, um, I don't buy all that just because I've, uh, I've done it and I didn't start any religions that lasted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was that, that experience alone wouldn't be enough to make me, uh, get crucified upside down or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so yeah dmt uh dimethyltryptamine so that's it's a a tryptamine analog which is also in you know mushrooms is psilocybin which is uh um 4po dmt uh have you ever heard of people licking toads Mm -hmm. okay that's uh bufotinin which is 5ho dmt um, you don't actually lick them. You milk them. It's a little gland secretion. You milk them onto a piece of glass, and then you'd scrape it. It'd let it dry and scrape it and smoke it. Hmm. Um, so, And then you've heard of ayahuasca? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So DMT, we have this stuff uh, in our body called monoamine, monoamine oxidase, which breaks down the DMT to prevent it from being orally active, so that's why you smoke it. They used to, in the um, 70s, 60s, 80s, I don't remember. Yeah, the 60s, they'd call it, its old nickname was the businessman's trip because when you smoke it, it's 15 minutes, it's quick, it's ridiculously powerful, and then you're back on reality. Um, That's the way I did it. Uh, Ayahuasca, it's the leaf, and they combine it with a root or a vine, which is a natural... Uh, monoamine oxidase inhibitor so that it prevents it from being broken down so that it can stay in your body and you can take it orally and that's why it lasts like six to seven hours yeah um yeah i don't it's uh, it's it's one of those i just don't know i don't know it's one of those (laughs) i don't it is interesting because of all the i mean i guess um the broad questioning I'm, I'm getting at is like, is it demonic or is it godly? You know, and I just don't know. I really just don't know. Um, you definitely do feel like you are tapping into or peeling behind some sort of curtain and mm-hmm. seeing a veil and um, reality is completely different. Um, so we, we don't we don't know nobody knows i mean just like psychiatric medication and anything with the brain nobody knows anything they don't (laughs) they really don't it's all just guesswork uh they don't know exactly how hallucinogens work they you know theorize a lot of stuff um the whole dmt is released in your body when you die thing is pretty overblown as a rumor also they like found some in mice brains um that's you know I don't like when people use dmt to just blanket explain everything like that's a out of body experience that's what people see heaven that's why people saw angels and all that um, I don't know if I buy that um, and yeah, the fact that people that so many people do report seeing the same entities or you know female spirits, uh, the spirit of Gaia or whatever, or extraterrestrials, or, you know, basically they encounter spirits that seem to be giving them direction or telling them to do things, right? Mm -hmm. Which, (laughs) like, sets off all my beepers and red flags. (laughs) Like, because going back to saying how, how much I respect it and how much I also do believe in spiritual warfare and stuff and it seems plausible to me that if you're opening up yourself to some sort of other realm it's entirely possible that it could not be what the door that you're really trying to go through you know what I'm saying yeah Um, on the other hand um, there are entire churches that part of their sacrament is taking mushrooms and like praying specifically to Jesus Christ. So I guess that, that has been, if, if I've been interested in it lately, it has been seeing what tripping would be like with a Christian mindset or trying to take it and induce some sort of spiritual experience like prayer. Um, but I, you know, but once again, it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Um, I also, so how, when I did it, I smoked it, um, and it was in a very recreational setting. I mean, it was at a house party, um, which is not the way to go. That's that's the other, um, I can't remember who's, I guess it was uh, McKenna talked about how. Mm. Um,
1: that's who I was thinking of earlier. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How we're profanating, like we're profaning these sacred uh, sacraments or whatever by using them as party drugs and stuff, which I completely agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I could see how they have their place. I could also, I could totally see how people, so I can't remember the exact word for it, but like we are born and we have, you know, as we grow up, we get this box around our life and we're, we're really myopic and tunnel visioned into like specific ways of thinking And they have shown that things, you know, mushroom trips, LSD trips do a fantastic job of neurologically speaking. They bring your brain back to a plasticity state. It's basically, you know, a redo, pressing the reset button. You can kind of make new connections that weren't there before. So you really are able to, like, see things from different perspectives. So a one-time use of stuff like that, I can totally see. As beneficial, and I, and I think it is in a lot of cases. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. It can also wake, in, wake up dormant psychotic issues that you may not never have had to deal with sure. unless you did this thing, you know, if you're predisposed to schizophrenia or schizoaffective or even bipolar. Um, and <sighs> drugs like that do a really good job of telling you that what you're experiencing is profound but I'm I'm not convinced because it's like you know I'm thinking it's I you know I, I kept trip journals and I had notebooks and every time I, after a trip I would you know read my writings and it's just like that makes no sense you know that's <laughs> not like not at all true and I kind of realized that I was just going you know the more down that rabbit hole you go uh the more out there you get. And, of course, I'm kind of talking about abusing it versus a one-time experience. Like, if, if you do have someone that has struggled with spiritual experiences or the idea of God, then, like, oh, yeah, like, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you are gonna be introduced to a reality you otherwise didn't realize was there. It certainly makes you realize that, um... Things are not what they seem, um, so I don't know. You know, I'm I'm certainly uh, I will never suggest one way or the other to people. Um, you know, like you should do this, or you know, I think it's something you. Well, I well going back to so, like, what else are your your motivations for it?
1: Oh, that's... I'm sorry. You're asking me. (laughs) Uh, Man. I really think it's just that... I don't know. Like, uh, supernatural wisdom or or knowledge. You know? Because that's... I mean, and like uh, a a few of my questions I was going to ask you already hit on about, like, NDEs or... You know, like a natural DMT release, maybe when you die, or like I've heard, you know, um, in birth, like childbirth or something, that there can be a a release there for the mother and the baby. Um, But yeah, I think it's just hearing experiences. You know, when people are like, "Yeah, it was just total opening, and it was more," you know, I've heard from multiple sources like it was realer than real. And I mean, there's part of me that's just like, man, I, I'm just, I gravitate to it. And I like, oh, I want to experience that. I want to know what, what's more real than right here sitting in this chair. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. No, no, no. It, it makes, ter- it makes perfect sense. Why, why, why do you think skipping a uh, elementary school and going to college? Like why not mushrooms first or, uh,
1: that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. That's um, like, uh, do you know Pete Holmes? Uh huh. Um, I so I just read his book, Comedy Sex God, which was fantastic, and he talks about his a first mushroom trip, at an amusement park, and it was very intriguing to me. And I thought, man, that sounds pretty cool, but it did, for some reason the the it wasn't the same draw. It was like, oh, that's good for you. Like, I'm glad that happened in your case, but mm-hmm. then when I started and it's this is all recent like new knowledge that I've just been you know learning or listening to podcasts and stuff and I don't even know why but it's just man it has just stood out
0: yeah so no I mean I can see that and yeah I mean yeah it is an experience it is an experience um would you be willing to talk about
1: your experience?
0: Yeah, it was the classic. Uh, I mean, so I smoked it. Um, Jed, do you mind? So to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you use shrooms first, or did you do what oh Jeff yeah.
3: is asking about jumping straight to DMT?
0: No, no, DMT. <laughs> uh, DMT. I didn't come across until uh, years into my into my drug use it wasn't exactly like readily available um and we ended up finding a chemistry student at a university who was making it like in the university lab uh yeah so (laughs) i was like okay well we'll try that um it was really (laughs) it was god thing a very very ridiculous scenario so it was you know um it was like six of us just sitting in a circle um and the night started with like my friend i don't know why he decided to smoke it afterwards as a calming effect but like he had just uh someone had you know we weren't exactly reputable people at that point and he had just had someone try to like uh house invade his house and rob him and oh. they like got out of it and there was like a you know uh guns going off and like so he was just like Panicked. Like he that's the situation he had just left. And Lord we're like, down. oh dude, calm down. Like right. it's cool. You you're safe now. So like, <laughs> here you go. You know, smoke this. And uh <laughs> You know, so it, it got to me and um I smoked it and I saw the classic uh, nothing it nothing at first and then it was just uh immediate derealization and depersonalization and lost contact with my body and saw, um, like a giant, not cartoon, but it seemed like, you know, like a zipper got pulled and then it was just a lightning rocket through fractals and seeing, I saw the machine elves as they call them, the little, uh, workers, uh, doing stuff to reality. Um and it was mainly I don't even remember having many thoughts about it um as far as trying to dissect the experience it was more just uh I was just holding on for the ride um and then it was over pretty quick uh it seemed like it lasted quite a long time um and then it was over it was just very intense very quick very you know, trying to put words to the ineffable. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, it, it was completely and utterly alien. Um, and (laughs) not at all like, like our current reality. Right. Um, so not much, you know, I certainly didn't learn anything from that. I certainly didn't. Uh, I guess, I guess it kind of, it was more just like awestruck appreciation. um, The things where I actually, you know, as opposed to like LSD and and mushrooms where you'll really spend spend time going through your entire life um, and looking at everything about yourself, the things you don't like, the things you do like, um, people in your life, political systems. I mean, I spent a whole trip one time devoted to watching the uh presidential debate one time uh that was interesting i feel like it it uh, takes
1: something significant to watch a presidential debate
0: anymore <laughs> oh dude i was i was dialed in i took notes and oh, i was wow. like looking i was looking at like auras and the colors of the suits they were wearing and they were giving me um you know at one point and this was with george Bush. Uh, Jr., mm-hmm. and at one point he like looked at me and kind of nodded. And I came out of that trip and I was like, George Bush is the man that is going to save us. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious, dude. <laughs> so obviously I was wrong about that one. Um, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Um, um, but then with, you know, so as like standalone one or a few time things I I can see the benefit I you know it seemed like the more I went into it um the it it was it was almost like I wasn't so much putting my mind toward God as I was putting my mind toward myself with like a super hyper focus. Um you know, I, I honestly I can't remember many trips where I would think about uh, a specific God as much as just about. It would never really focus my thoughts. It would just kind of spread them out thinly across everything. Mm-hmm. You know, to an overwhelming degree, and then usually, um, usually things would go bad for me because I would take these hallucinogens at points in my life when I had like really serious serious things going on and consequences and um you know that made it very unpleasant because I would just like sit there and think about my problem um but you know a, a few times where you know it was just a beautiful life and I never wanted it to end and I wanted to live that way forever um, so that was also kind of a downside for me because it made normal life seem almost intolerable. It's like well if this if this magical parallel universe is existing at all time, why can't I just live there forever right you know, and then even going so far as to get you know starting to get the ideas of like you know I can't really die and like what would happen if I die, and like you know not being able- you know you start to that's why I hate people (laughs) they're like oh you tripped like what'd you see it's like dude it's not even really that it's like I start you start really breaking down the fundamental idea of like of like what it is to you know to like I don't know just going really in depth into like the simplest things of like if I accidentally cut my hand during the trip it's like then analyzing like the sinew splitting and like what is blood like why do we have this liquid in us and like what where does this liquid come from and what happens if i dry out and like what are platelets and like going deep you know right just deep dives into really odd places um yeah i don't even know where i was going with that
3: but <laughs> <laughs> was your uh do you recall your first experience with psychedelics or anything in this Range of experiences,
0: yeah. That was, um, in 10th grade when I took, uh, right dextromethaphan, which is cough medicine, right? And yeah, that, um, it makes you really sick. So I remember I was sitting in, and it was actually me and uh, John, the guy I started the podcast with. This was back when we were still using together, back in middle school. And yeah, I got really sick. I threw up and I was like, I'm not feeling anything. And I remember as soon as I threw up, I kind of looked up and like everything was just changed. Um, I walked outside. It was summer. I heard the cicadas and everything had this like symphony to it. It was just a, a feeling of connectedness that everything was unified and a part of. And I remember sitting in the grass and I stuck my hands on the ground and the grass grew into my hands and into my forearms and I was part of the ground and you know, I mean it was just like magical and like accompanied with this euphoria and just like, oh my god. And that and that twisted me up. I did that so much that like where the where you can really get where you really get mind bendy is Every time I would do DXM after that, it was like the world in which I trip on DXM exists in real time to my life now. So that if I were to take DXM right now, I would just step back into it and be connected to all those memories like I never left, kind of like Neverland. Mm -hmm. So it's like I would be instantly connected to my eighth grade self at that time on summer night and every time i tripped it was like i was just going back there and i could remember everything so it was very 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 weird
1: yeah oh that's
0: wild it is you know and not much (laughs) not much thinking about god you know what i mean like not much um it yeah but also, it's one of those things where it's going to do, you know, it's going to have relatively some same effects. But otherwise, with each individual, and based on, you know, set and setting and mindset and all that, it's going to do have vastly different effects. Sure. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like as, like I said, as, as a one- or few-time thing, I, yeah, I do think there are, are benefits to it. Um but I, w- I would just really consider what what do I want out of it? What's my purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, what do I expect to happen? And do I you know? And do I expect those things to be like long lasting after the experience is over? Sure. Did you ever experience anything that was
3: long lasting in any way?
0: I guess overall yeah overall mindset like i still retain a air quotes trippy mindset like i i still have a and i think it's kind of good and bad because once again i don't know if it's you know i don't know if i'm crazy or you're crazy one of those things <laughs> where like i you know very deep thinking about things um especially with music um you know, a good pair of headphones and nighttime and, and darkness, I can, you know, take, my, take myself to a pretty, um, I don't want to say psychedelic state, but I can really, like, go into it. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Maybe, like, kind of a and, meditative state.
0: Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and, you know, just how, I don't know, I guess I've always been kind of an empath um and so i can't really say it's hard to tell what i would be if i hadn't done those things you know what i mean um but i i i would guess that it enhanced my uh empathetic qualities and i'm very sensory driven and feelings driven and um appreciate nature and so i don't know if it if that really if it changed anything so much as enhanced certain things because i can't think of of something of like a way that i was that i'm that was just fundamentally changed Mm -hmm. permanently
2: gotcha
1: this is a little bit of an aside but do you happen to know are you familiar with the enneagram with who the enneagram
0: oh the enneagram yes do you know
1: what number you would be (laughs)
0: <laughs> I used to. I can't remember it offhand. I want to say like, I'm just going to be guessing, but I want to say it was like five. Oh, okay. I don't know though. Investigator, very uh, analytical, maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. What about Myers Briggs? I, have, I haven't taken that in years. Oh, okay.
1: Just a lot of the stuff you were saying about being an empath and and feelings focused. That's very much both of us. Um. But anyways, that was just... I always like to bring that up just because I find it interesting. <laughs> There's. It is super interesting. Yeah. Um, Shoot, I was going to ask. Oh, when you were talking about uh, the euphoria that you felt like with that cough medicine, it instantly sparked a memory. I used to... Uh, I was a body piercer for a number of years, and we had a guy come in to do a guest spot in our shop, and we did suspensions. So Ooh. I hung from four hooks in my back uh, and that was about a 45 minute suspension that I did. And like, right when you said that euphoria that all of that just flooded back into to my brain and like the, just the adrenaline and I'm sure there was like dopamine or just this huge chemical dump in my brain. And it wasn't psychedelic. I don't, I don't think, I mean, like, you know, I didn't go anywhere else in my mind, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but I can see, I wanted to bring that up because you said about, you know, doing things in certain settings can have different effects, and I know that a lot of uh, tribal cultures would do kind of rites of passage things, you know, and it would be stuff like that, like, you know, Native Americans did okipa suspensions with a single hook in the chest, and that would induce these... I don't know, like you said, I mean... It, altered states. Yeah, altered states. There we go. That's the perfect term. And so... But yeah, it, that, and that's... So the setting I was in, kind of like, you know, when you talked about DMT being at a house party and it was probably not the right setting and same with being in a, a studio and there's all these people and loud music. So I could see where maybe if it was more of a... If you approach it from a spiritual perspective or standpoint, I can see where it would take you or maybe you kind of... I don't know, maybe you lead it where you wanna go.
0: I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, and, and and really like the the recommendation, the only official recommendation I'm gonna give is prayerfully consider it and just just ask God. Sure. And see what he says about it. You know? Yeah. Um and then make your decision from there. Do your do your research, um, set you know figure out what your goals and motivations are and then just bring it to prayer and see you know it might be something for you right um it might it might not um it's not going to be the end of the world if it's not you know That's or nice. if even if you even if you do do it and decide afterwards that you didn't want to um you know but i i would just you know think about it pray yeah. about it certainly yeah I wanted to don't go in. Don't go in all willy nilly. Right. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: (laughs) I wanted to ask you, Jed, um, with the psychedelics specifically in the the realm we're talking about, did how did that impact or maybe it had no impact on your addictions that you experienced? Like, were you addicted to these specifically or are maybe they're not even chemically addictive and it's just the feelings that could potentially Mm -hmm. be addictive? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, it, it 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 was it was more just like I said. It was once I realized how I could feel, I I wanted to feel that way all the time, right? Um, which is just not sustainable. You can't. You were not made that way. Didn't stop me from trying, sure. but it, 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 that's what it did. It it just it really ruined real life for me because it was just like I just love this. This is what I love, and I don't want to feel any other way. And then, it, I mean, it, it's it's almost. Yeah, I, I, that's probably the, the most distinct way I, I can say it is, is that just it made me resent normal reality. You mentioned that
3: um, you know marijuana is kind of getting into the same space to some degree. Is there like a, I don't know, a specific strain? You would say like this would actually be a good starting point if you want to start to feel this on a mild scale?
0: i don't know we we um i mean i know i'm so not well versed in in current weed culture uh i just know i guess indica is the is the uh well really i guess it would be edibles is is the uh the way to go more like seriously heady yeah um
1: that's my jam (laughs)
0: yeah i mean we marijuana is is unique in that it's every type of drug it fits every it's it's got hallucinogenic it's got um stimulant depressant, um anxiolytic uh i mean it's literally it's it's a little bit of every class of drug so it's a very interesting chemical it's also (laughs) like yeah it's it's super strong it's not this uh it's not kool aid it's not a right. uh, it's not this benign thing, yeah, like it's really powerful um but yeah, i mean that's i mean i'd say if you've done that that's a you're you have more of an idea of what you'll be getting to as far as like how it kind of makes you um question things at a different from a different perspective or a deeper level um but yeah, it's it's just sometimes important to to real you know sometimes people put a lot of and I don't know I I'm so noncommittal to any to any like one specific viewpoint because I I can I can really see all sides of it. It's wow. like some people tend to put too much stock into the experiences they have on drugs and the, and that reality being the true one. Um when sometimes it's just like i don't know man you're just high i think right. you know i think i think you were just high um well, you know on the other hand it's like ooh, or is you know for a long time i was an advocate that you know or or is it just you're actually more and it sounds like such a stoner thing to say it's like no man like sober is high like once you get high that's the real thing <laughs> right. like right. tripping is like it's like part of this secret club of of wokeness um I just don't know man i don't know it's one of those one of those one of those questions i got for god when i get there for sure is well what was the you know because surely they're here they are here for a reason and i guess i mean i can see um benefit and you know i would also you know there's also ways to achieve that state through meditation and yeah uh, deep breathing and you know it seems like if you can get there that way, it's way more long-lasting and poignant. The, mm. the the lessons you learn. I've had um, someone refer to psychedelics as, as uh, spiritual pornography. Like it's just a quick, um, a quick fix. Right. Where, um, but sometimes you know, once again since I'm just playing both sides sometimes you might need it's a good little jump start to to start you on I don't think it's anything to do consistently or to use as a crutch I think it could be good for a kick start oh. if you really feel that you're in some sort of rut I guess
1: hmm. I think that's well said where are you still in South no where are you right now
0: uh, Lafayette, Louisiana.
1: Louisiana, okay. And is recreational or medicinal marijuana legal there yet or no? Uh,
0: medicinal is, but it's like not really. It's, it's, I think they just finally got the crops to some of the dispensaries, but apparently it's still like really slow going. But yeah, medicinal is legal, but it's, um, Louisiana is the reason it was illegal, so I think we're, it's going to take a long uh, time. That's where, that's where criminalization started. Really? Mm. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yep. It's funny because, I mean, growing up, you know, I, I was born in 78, grew up in the 80s, and lived through the whole, you know, war on drugs and all of that. So that's kind of, you know, it's always been beaten to my generation, like, drugs are bad. All drugs are bad. And then when Colorado legalized marijuana, I mean, I had experimented a little bit when I was like 15 and that was probably just that dirt weed, you know, it wasn't anything good, so to speak. But I was like, you know, I'm 41 years old now and I can't drink much because of the stupid gout. So I was like, I'm going to try an edible. And, and it was just that it's just a culture thing. Like, oh, well now that it's okay, now I can do it. And... I don't know. So, it, I mean, I think there's yeah, still a little it, bit of that, like, well, I can't do psychedelics because they're bad, because Nancy Reagan told me so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's crap. <laughs> that's crap. Right. You know, uh, yeah, it is like, uh, yeah, total crap, you know, because they, they left legal the most harmful drug known to mankind, alcohol. Right, totally. Uh, So that's why, like, I believe nothing that you say, and I don't trust you at all. You know, you don't know what you're talking right. about. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely am. I mean, I'm pro-legal or decriminalization of all drugs is my stance, yeah, honestly. Thinking, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't base your decision on uh, arbitrary societal, societal yeah, yeah.
1: norms. No. Have you heard that Denver decriminalized the use of mushrooms? Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of that was to do with, I've heard that they were using them in Uh, as a ptsd treatment do you know anything about
2: that
0: yep yeah i mean it's the um the studies are painfully slow because it's schedule one still which is also in just so so stupid Mm -hmm. um but yeah they're starting um once again the the idea being uh giving your taking your brain back to a state where it can repair itself um Oh, I can't remember the term. It's like you're resting resting brain state and it like disrupts it um and are you know. Um it helps like uh yeah, all technical crap aside, it helps regrow neurons, form new neural pathways um if used in therapy, it's like the same idea as like uh MDMA for PTSD. It's like you they within therapeutic sessions they you in you know induce this trip and while you're under the influence um they re-bring up your trauma and walk you through it uh the idea being that you'll have a new experience or a new perspective on it which you definitely will um but yeah it's that that's the other thing too is it's you know if when used medicinally like using it in a therapeutic setting like i totally believe in um because i think it's uh especially compared to the other medication the other treatments we have which are you know woefully inadequate you know i think we should go back to the stuff that um has been here for billions of years right so uh
1: mdma is that ecstasy
0: yep okay yep
1: interesting. I didn't realize that that had a therapeutic element also
0: oh yeah that's already made it to phase three, so they're, they're um there very well could be prescription ecstasy by like twenty twenty four twenty twenty three wow yeah it was originally it was um therapists were using it in the eighties before it was um uh, that drug wasn't made illegal until eighty seven, eighty nine, no, like, or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, they did not yeah, teach yeah, I mean, me that had in like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has a ton of therapeutic benefit, um, especially in sessions like that, just because it, it's the feelings of well being and comfort, and um, yeah, it's it's and ketamine too is the other one that's just recently. Uh, they have an a actual medication um for depression and ptsd it's called s ketamine and it's a nasal spray now they do the injections too but um they now have a nasal spray so that's another but it's not covered by insurance so it's like three grand per thing oh. so it's like you know there's lots of progress being made and then they're like but f you it's gonna cost right. a bajillion but dollars still
1: Probably higher. Than yeah, exactly. Exact, ex- exact. <laughs> High, way higher is than that, street. Is that with that the street name Special K? Is that what ketamine is? Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yep, yep. So, and that just because uh, you brought up MDMA, do you have experience with that? Oh yeah, because that's yeah. My wife and I watched a show recently, and there was a couple going through marriage counseling, and they prescribed them, or I don't know if it was prescribed or if it was whatever, but the counselor suggested that to them and we both looked at each other like "Hmm, that sounds fun (laughs) yeah
0: it 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 is (laughs) it is um once again uh, yeah i mean that one um we'll we'll open up a whole nother can of worms there uh but yeah also crazy abusable but i'm sure yeah but i can see it in the right setting yeah i can see it being incredibly beneficial um we actually had someone on our show that went through the clinical trial for it, for PTSD, and she had crazy good results with it. Wow. So, awesome. yeah.
1: That is really cool that there's... At least that they're exploring other options besides, you know... I mean, I you say Big Pharma, but then I'm sure once it's approved, then Big Pharma just gets their hands in it, and then it's Big Pharma, so...
0: Yep. But That's exactly it. Well, man...
1: I feel like uh, as we're wrapping up, I don't know, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we sign off?
0: No, I think that was good, man. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. It's, it's. I think we got the right guy for my questions. So thank you again. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> good.
3: And everybody go listen to Jed's podcast, Church and Other Drugs, if you're interested in anything remotely related to this topic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the... Uh, yep. The one I just listened to with, is it John Ladd? Is that? Yep. Yeah, that was from Seven Ten Split. Yeah. What a great episode. That was good, man. The last, like, yeah. The last like ten minutes, I he was speaking my language for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. He'd so. be a good
0: one. I can, I can get y'all in touch with him if you want to talk to him. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we that should be, definitely yeah. do
1: that. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, before we let you go, man, I just uh, everybody that I have on the show, I always like to sign off and let you know that uh you are the light of the world um and especially in this context and because of the language that you've used that's something that jesus told his disciples you know and and so i just like everybody to know and and to live in that you know that i believe you are the light of the world and so don't let that light go out man. appreciate you thanks man (laughs)
0: i appreciate that thanks
1: judd yes thank you again